Uh, if you received the bulletin in the email, you can uh, get it out in the PDF and you can follow along if you'd like to. Um, oh, and did you hand back a bulletin to, to our guest? Okay, good. Um, the three D's of denial. Uh, the particular verse that uh, we're using today actually has a lot of words in it that begin with the letter D, a bit of alliteration when it gets translated to the English, and I made it even more so. In uh, Titus chapter 1, verse 16, the verse says, They profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny Him, being detestable and disobedient and worthless for any good deed. And it was interesting then, I was like, oh, Jerry and I were looking at this verse, and I was like, man, we almost had three Ds. The word worthless kind of messed up the uh, talking about these people who deny God by their deeds. And um, it was detestable, disobedient, and worthless. And we looked at the word worthless, and it actually means disqualified. The New King James translates it as such. Disqualified. And it's just interesting to look at this and to consider the fact that is presented here. And this is something we all know, is that there are those who profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny Him. Hey, I know God, I believe in God, I'm a follower of God. And then they go out in such a way that shows that they do not truly believe in the one true God. So, Jesus called these folks hypocrites. That's the word that we would give to them. Somebody who claims to be a follower of Christ or a believer in God, and they do not do what they say, um, do, do as they should. Uh, they are hypocrites. In other words, they're actors or pretenders is that word that is translated into hypocrites. Actors or pretenders. Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, uh, verses 6 through 8. <clears throat> and he said to them, Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites. As it is written, these people, this people, honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. Neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men. And we see in this passage and understand this very basic thing about hypocrites, those who profess God but deny Him by their deeds. They also deny Him, part of their deeds, they deny Him by their words, by their teaching. They hold fast to their own doctrines. They hold to the commandments of men instead of holding to the Word of God. And so this is something that is very much embedded with, with being a hypocrite is that they are often false teachers claiming, hey, I know Jesus, but then they proclaim a different gospel, different words than the words of Christ. The letter that is written to Titus, so Paul is the author of Titus, and he warns about hypocrites. First of all, uh, the letter of Titus warns that hypocrites, number one, are everywhere. In verse number Titus chapter 1, verse 5, it says, For this reason I left you in Crete, so that you would set in order what remains, and appoint elders in every city, as I directed you. So he, the elders are 
to be appointed in this island on this island of Crete. So in the island of Crete, it's part of modern day Greece. It's out in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, the Mediterranean Ocean. And even this island gets infiltrated with hypocrites. And that's why elders were to be set in place. Elders were the ones who were to be the contrast or the answer to the hypocrites. The elders were to have proper behavior and proper sound doctrine. So hypocrites are everywhere. If they even get to an island isolated in the middle of the ocean, they certainly can be everywhere. So the letter to Titus warns that hypocrites are everywhere. And number two, uh, Titus warns that hypocrites are rebellious men, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision. Those words are found in Titus 1.10. Titus 1.10 describes these folks. Rebellious men, empty talkers, so they're just talking without anything to back it up. Their words, they might point to something in Scripture or something Jesus said or did, and then they just go, go with it in whatever they, way they want to. They're deceivers, so they are going to lie and deceive and twist things. And especially those of the circumcision. So we get an example of a particular group that probably were affecting the island of Crete and many of the places that Paul went to, the circumcision group. The circumcision group that tried to get people, they were the ones who said, hey, I know you believe in Jesus, we believe in Jesus, but you still have to follow the old law. You still have to follow the law of Moses, especially circumcision. So let's start there, and then they start going to other places. Well, Jesus came and established a new covenant. He fulfilled the old one and brought in a new one. So the old one is no longer binding on us, but the new covenant is binding upon us. And it's not that everything in the Old Testament is, is done away with, but it needs to be reestablished in the new if we're going to follow it or if we're going to bind it upon others. So the Old Testament is good for teaching, for understanding, but don't go back to the old covenant and say, this is how you must live. There were people who were doing that, and they were hypocrites. They were not truly following Christ. They were not honoring God. They were denying God. So these, uh, on the ver point number three, the letter to Titus warns that hypocrites follow myths and commandments of men. That's in verses 13 and 14. Very much what Jesus said. He's saying the same thing. Point number four is that those hypocrites are those who contradict sound doctrine. And that is alluded to in verse number nine. When he was talking about the elders, he says that part of the elder, the elders are there to hold fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching, so that he will be able to both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. And certainly the false teachers, the hypocrites, are going to be the ones who contradict. So that's what they do. They contradict sound teaching, healthy teaching. Remember we talked about sound teaching not too long ago. This is healthy teaching. It is what Scripture gives us, not what some other man says, what, what man professes. Don't hold to those things. Hold to the healthy stuff. And number five, uh, Titus warns that hypocrites, coming from verse 16, profess God, 
but deny him by their deeds. So this is the, the definition of a hypocrite. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. And then by their deeds, including their teaching, what they do and what they say. They, they really don't point to Jesus. They point to something different. They deny the Lord God. And in verse number 16, then this is the heart of our study, then the three D's that are given for those who deny God like this. The three D's of denial. And it comes as a warning to us because uh, we want to make sure, number one, that we're not espousing any doctrine that is different from the sound doctrine of God. But we also want to make sure we're living our lives in such a way that match up with that teaching. So the, the, the warnings is here to us because we don't want to be like this. We don't want to deny God in our lives. Let us live according to the true teaching. Titus 1.16 says, They profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny Him. Being. So these are descriptions of the hypocrites. Being, number one, detestable. Detestable. Uh, if you look up that word, you might find some, uh, some other words, some synonyms with it as disgusting or something hated. Something that's detestable, you don't want anything to do with. And can you imagine people that God just wants nothing to do with them? I don't want to be in that number. I don't want to be disgusting. I don't want to be hated by God. I don't want to be detestable in His sight. But there certainly are people who are like that. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 16. I've got to keep my eye on the time. I'm trying to fly through this. We'll get through it quickly, I think. Luke chapter 16 and verses 14 and 15. Now the Pharisees who were lovers of money. So these Pharisees, did the Pharisees love God? No, they were lovers of money. They were lovers of mammon. Now the Pharisees who were lovers of money were listening to all these things and were scoffing at him, at Jesus. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. So that love of money is detestable in God's sight. And that's what the Pharisees were. They didn't love God. They loved Things They loved their money. That was where their heart was at. They might have talked and put on a good show before people as being religious and being lovers of God, but they're inside they were, they were terrible. They were just whitewashed on the outside, and in, inside you could find dead man's bones. Just they were empty tombs. So they are detestable. You might remember in Revelation, the church in Laodicea, the church in Laodicea was, uh, was a church of just like any group of Christians. They could have been very useful to God and His kingdom. They could have been, and I, I've learned this as understanding the hot and cold. The hot water can serve a useful purpose. Cold water can serve a per, useful purpose. And you, you, want, you want to use those things. But the lukewarm water, it's, it's good for nothing. Verse 15 of chapter 3 of Revelation. Revelation 3, 15 and 16. Jesus said to this church, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. 
I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm I need, and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And literally, I will vomit you out of my mouth. These people, if they are not doing what they ought to do, Christians who claim to be Christians, but they're not living in the way of Christ, they are detestable to God and will be vomited out of the mouth. So these, uh, these folks are detestable. That's what, when people deny Christ by their actions, they are detestable. And number two, they are disobedient. Titus 1.16, they're dis- detestable and disobedient. Disobedient is, uh, you know, it's like an obvious one. Well, I've, that's the definition of a hypocrite. They say the right things, but they don't do the right things always. Or maybe the things that they say, they get carried away with and teach things that are not in the law of Christ. Leviticus chapter 10 gives an example of some who knew what they were to do. Simple instructions were given, and they did something different. They disobeyed. Nadab and Abihu. Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took their respective fire pans, and after putting fire in them, placed incense on it, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And the fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, it is what, it is what the Lord spoke, saying, by those who come near me, I will be treated as holy, and before all the people I will be honored. So Aaron, therefore, kept silent. This is a good example. There was, that's at the, at the very establishment of the Old Covenant, the Law of Moses. There were a couple of guys, Nadab and Abihu, young men, sons of Aaron. They were to serve the temple. And instead of following the commandment that was given, I don't know if they tried to spice things up a little bit, add a little something, It doesn't matter. It was strange fire. It was different. They didn't follow the command. They were disobedient. And they were consumed by the fire of God. So do not be detestable. Do not be disobedient. Uh, In point number two above, you see the reference to these kind of men, these, these people who were hypocrites, First thing is, they're rebellious men. They'd rather listen to themselves. They'd rather do things their own way. They're adults who are acting like a typical teenager, right? You know, when we, when we hit our teens, we want to kind of assert our own authority and do things our own way. To show the world that we're ready to take it on. Well, sometimes it's better just to obey. Obey. Don't be disobedience trust in god his ways are the right way don't add to or take away from his wonderful word that was given for our benefit to make us strong and healthy and whole as christians all right so when somebody is disobedient when they're detestable before god when they're not doing the things that they ought to do or teaching the things that they ought to teach then we get to the third d 
disqualified. Disqualified. And in the the phrase in uh, verse 16, they're disqualified for any good deed. So when they go forth with this this false doctrine and extra teaching or taken away from God's word, suddenly, you know, anything you do, it's it's not good. It's not good. You're not going to do any good deeds. It's worthless. This idea of disqualified, we find the same word that is rooted there. If you look up the Greek word and search some other passages, you come to 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27. Paul says, Therefore I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way not as beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Disqualified is not something that we want to hear on Judgment Day. Paul was saying, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to go out and preach preach the truth to others. And then I haven't followed that same truth that I preach and then get to the judgment and be disqualified because I haven't done it. He says, "I, I, I discipline my body. I beat my body. Make sure I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. I'm following God as best I can. He wasn't saying he was perfect, but he's saying, I'm trying. I'm going to do my best. I don't want to be disqualified. Don't be lazy. Don't be worthless. Don't be disqualified. 2 Corinthians also has this word in it that is not, you don't see it straight up, but the thought is there. Um, And it makes us think as Christians, if any of us claim to be followers of Christ and we're following him, living like him, whatever the master does, we do, whatever he says, we do. If we're living like this, then we've got a test. If we claim to live like this, if our mouth professes to know God, then we need to make sure that we're passing the test of faith. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Test yourselves to see If you are in the faith, examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified? Unless you fail the test. Disqualified. You know, we claim to know Christ. We claim that Christ is in us. The simple test is then, are you living like Christ? Is Christ truly alive and well in you? Or is it just all talk? We can't live just all talk. We can't profane, profess to know God and then profane the name because we do something different. Let us pass the test. Let us live like Jesus. Let us look at the word of God and hear it. And do it. That's the message. And as you go back to Titus, we end, we'll end here. One more reference in 2 Timothy, but this is where we shall end. At the bottom of the outline it says, In contrast to the hypocrites, 
are the elders who are appointed, who profess God by their deeds and do not deny him. You know, and so just pause here for a second. As you look at Titus 1, 5, 5 through 8, 5 through 9, uh, you get this wonderful description of, of a person who professes the name of Jesus and they live up to it. They do everything that Jesus calls them to do. They are above reproach. They are living, living, walking souls who have Christ alive in them, alive and well. That's the elders. That's the, that's the, uh, those are some of the um, requirements of an elder, an overseer. They've got to live like Christ. They can't be hypocrites. They're truly living out the life that they are called to live. An elder, as you look at verse 9 then, an elder holds fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching. Not the teaching of man, the teaching, the teaching of Christ, the teaching of his apostles. So they hold fast um, the faithful word which is in accordance with the teaching, so that he will be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. All Christians should live up to this. We should all look at to, we should all have elders in our lives, examples of ones and in a church that lacks elders, we need to have young people who are, who are deciding in their lives, I'm going to live up to this example. I'm going to hold fast to these things. I am truly going to live for Christ so that someday I can be this example and help maintain a church and keep it in the proper te- teaching, in accordance with the teaching, as it says. We should all follow this example. We should all desire to live lives that match up with what we believe. Hearing and doing the word of God. Hearing and doing the word of God is what makes us adequate and equipped for every good work. If you hear the word of God and you don't do it or you teach something different, you're disqualified. But if you hear the word of God and you do it, then you become adequate And you become equipped. You become qualified for every good work. That's in 2 Timothy chapters 3, verses 16 and 17. That's the point of Scripture. Turning to Scripture, following the teaching, living up to it. That makes you equipped and ready. I pray that we all desire, instead of being detestable and disobedient and disqualified, I pray that we all look to God's word, study it and learn it and do it, be dedicated to it so that we can be qualified to serve as God's faithful people. Our message, our, um, our vision statement is that we'll be the salt of the earth and the light of the world as scripture calls us to be. Let us study and let us know God's word and let us live according to it so that we can be that salt and that light. Don't be disqualified. Don't deny him by your deeds. We hear in the book of Titus how uh, 
detestable people are who claim to know God and don't do what he says. And they don't promote the true teaching of Christ. Let us be the opposite. Let us know God's word. Let us make God proud by how we live according to his word and we are faithful to him. Let us not deny him by our deeds. So I encourage you on this day to, uh, to be encouraged. I pray the three D's of denial will make you uh, wake up and say, I don't want to be detestable. I don't want to be disobedient. I don't want to be disqualified. I'm going to live for Jesus. And if there's anybody who needs the prayers of the church, we encourage you to, to, uh, to seek someone out today. Find someone. Give me a call. Uh, if there's anybody who needs to give their life to Christ today, we encourage you to come, and we're going to sing this song as a song of encouragement.